We read again, I'm from Isaiah, in chapter 50 and verses 4 to 10, where he says, The Sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. The Sovereign Lord has opened my ears, and I have not been rebellious, I have not drawn back, I have offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting, because the Sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. It is the Sovereign Lord who helps me. Who is he who will condemn me? They will all wear out like a garment. The moths will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. At the risk of disorientating you completely, we're going to have the sermon at this point in the service tonight. Who or what wakes you up in the morning? I might have asked you this question before. I wake up to the Today programme. So sometimes the first voice I hear is Chris Aldridge reading the news. Maybe you need to set your alarm to something really ear-splitting or discordant to pierce through the layers of sleep and summon you to consciousness. There are people living in our house who have alarms like that. Everybody else seems to be able to hear them but them. If you're really lucky, you might have someone greet you with a gentle, Good morning. Did you sleep well? I brought you a cup of tea. Or if you're not so lucky, someone is saying, Come on! Get up! You're late! Some of us, of course, don't need an alarm. (laughs) We are awake far sooner than we want to be. And we can't get back to sleep again. Isaiah, or someone else casting himself as the servant of the Lord, talks of how it's God who wakes him up morning by morning. Every day the Lord rouses him from sleep. Every morning the Lord awakens his ear with his word to give him instructions for the coming day. And every day the servant of the Lord takes time to listen, to pay attention to what God has to say. And that's how it should be. Christians are those who declare Jesus is Lord. And that means Jesus calls the shots. We acknowledge his sovereignty over our lives, over each day. But how do we know what he wants us to do unless we take the time to listen? Many of our days are prescribed, of course. There is the routine that we follow. It's all set out in advance for us. But how can we be aware of precisely the details of what should we be doing in this situation? What should we be saying in this situation? 
unless we take time to wait on him and just establish that communication with him so that we take the time to listen. It's good to have a few moments of quietness, to be still and know that he is God. Better still if we can take a few moments to read and reflect on his word so that we embark on the day having touched base with the God who holds our life in his hands. Of course, if you are one of those people who's woken up every morning by someone shouting, you're late, then you'll need to find a different time of day to listen to God. Maybe the end of the day, when you can reflect on what has happened and commit the day to come into his hands. To develop this kind of discipline is invaluable in terms of helping us to live each day well and realise its potential to make the most of it. To remind ourselves that this day is given to us by the one for whom we live, by the one to whom we owe our ultimate allegiance, the one who governs and directs our lives. The fruit of spending time listening to God is spelt out in three different ways in these verses from Isaiah chapter 50. In verse 4, we read, The Sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. That ability to know what to say to another person in a given situation is immeasurably enhanced if we've spent time beforehand listening to what God has to say to us. When he instructs our tongue so that we have just the right words to say to others, that happens when God puts his own words in our ears. His own thoughts in our minds. His compassion in our hearts. When the prophet speaks and other people benefit from what the prophet said, that isn't because the prophet is good at talking. It's because the prophet is good at listening. He has worthwhile stuff to say to others because he's good at listening at what God has to say to him. And the first lesson in learning how to speak to others is actually learning how to listen attentively. There are a few things more irritating than people who speak without listening to others or who speak simply because they like the sound of their own voice. We can't teach others unless we've first learned thoroughly ourselves. The ability to speak with well-chosen words is a skill that is developed most effectively in those who learn to listen carefully. So if you learn to listen to God, you will be the better equipped to support and encourage those around you to have the word that will sustain the weary. If you have time for God, you might have time for them as well. In an ideal church, of course, that means that all our conversations should be worthwhile and edifying. Because the quality of our conversation will be enriched in proportion to the extent to which we spend time listening to, reading and engaging with God's word. So good conversations should be happening among God's people. 
When we listen to God before we speak to others, what we say to others should be worth listening to. Well-chosen words that have the capacity to lift their spirits, renew their strength, give them hope. So be sensitive to what God is saying and to what others need to hear. So listening to God can enrich our conversation with other people, but actually, in the real world, there will be times when doing what God wants, rather than doing what other people want, can lead to conflict. The prophet even talks about suffering violence, using language that prefigures the treatment dished out to Jesus after his arrest. The sovereign Lord has opened his ears And he's not been rebellious. He's not drawn back. He's not shied away from what he has to do, even though it makes him deeply unpopular. He says, I've offered my back to those who beat me. My cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I didn't hide my face from mocking and spitting. Let's not forget that in some parts of our world today, this kind of treatment and worse is routinely dished out to people who profess to be followers of Jesus. Where does their strength come from to take up their cross and follow him in this way? It comes from the one whose word fills their hearts and minds as they listen to what he says to them. And this is the second benefit of listening to God, having the strength to do what you need to do, even when it is deeply unpopular and other people oppose you. In our own more gentle and tolerant culture, the easy option is always to fit in with the crowd and do stuff that will help us blend in and be popular. It's always harder not to do what other people expect. Yet sometimes the instructions we receive from above will not go down well with others. The servant of the Lord in this passage encounters strong, even violent opposition, yet supremely his confidence is in God. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, And I know I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. It is the sovereign Lord who helps me, he says. Who is the one who will condemn me? They will all wear out like a garment. The moths will eat them up. This is someone who sets their face like a flint to do what they know they have to do. They will not be deterred, they will not be diverted, they will not be dissuaded. They won't just give in and go with the flow and do what other people want, because they know they have a divine commission to fulfil. They are under instruction from the King of Kings. And they will not deviate from the course they have to take. And God does not send his servants into dangerous and difficult situations without support. The prophet twice asserts that God is his helper. 
that the Lord is near, right there alongside him. And God will vindicate him and prove him right. So bring it on, he says. You've got something to accuse me of? Well, let's have it out face to face. You want to bring charges against me? You want to be condemned me? The sovereign Lord is my helper. And because of that, the prophet is confident that he will be able to stand his ground against all comers. And that he will still be standing long after all the opposition has melted away and nothing is left of them but moth-eaten old garments. The word of the Lord is the source of his strength in adversity. We do need to be careful though. The prophet's words do come across potentially as a little bit arrogant. And yes, Christians can be prone to this. It's easy to have a superficial, supreme, ill-founded confidence that because God has said he's with you, everyone else is wrong. And that's why always before we decide to take a stand on something, we need to spend that time thinking, praying, considering, listening for the voice of God. Making sure that if we do take a stand on something, then the principles for which we are fighting are sound. It comes back to having the humility to listen for God's word. There is never any bravado in taking a stand for God. But there are times when, having prayed about it and talked it over with wise counsellors, we come to the conclusion that we are faced with a choice. Either we do what God wants, or we do what other people expect. Both the strength and the calling to take a stand when the time is right come to those who listen to what God has to say to them. So, listening to God means, firstly, we have something worthwhile to say to others that will sustain the weary. Secondly, listening to God gives us the resources we need to stand firm when opposition comes. Thirdly, listening to God shows us the way to go when we are lost and alone. Let him who walks in the dark and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. This time there's no one else around. No one to speak to. No one to encourage. No one standing in the way opposing you, telling you you've got it wrong. There is just nobody else. And there are no lights to show which way to go. We are simply walking blind. We don't often walk in pitch darkness. I've only tried it a couple of times in the country in the dead of night. And actually it's quite scary to be walking without being able to see where you are going. I've tended to turn around and head back to the light of where I was staying because it's disorientating when you can't see where you're putting your feet. Yet sometimes we can find ourselves in that kind of situation in our lives. Everything around us just appears to be pitch dark and we are disorientated and maybe scared. Now, my problem, if anyone listening to this sermon feels a bit like that at the moment is that it seems really trite and inadequate just to say, well, if that's where you are, you should trust in the name of the Lord and rely on your God. 
Yet if we fear the Lord, that is what we're told to do. And it comes back to listening in the isolation and in the darkness for the voice of God. And maybe the first thing he says is, I'm with you. And if you can't hear his voice and you can't see him and you don't feel that is the case, it is still true. I am with you. We're told to rely on God. And we can't rely on God if he isn't there. But God doesn't play games with us. If we're told to rely on God, it means that God is there for us to rely on. The darkness means that you can't see anything and that means you can't see God either. But whatever unknown things surround you, the one thing you can be sure of is that the Lord to whom you belong is there alongside you in the darkness. And if all you can do is sit and wait for daylight, he will sit and wait with you until the light comes. And the light will come. The darkness will pass. And if you need to move, then his presence will quieten the clamour of your fears and give you a sense of what your first step needs to be. He will enable you and help you to take that step. But just remember, in the darkness, whatever else might be there, God is. So, three things from listening to God. The first, we should listen to God so we have something worthwhile saying to other people. The second, we should listen to God because he gives us the strength to take a stand when other people oppose us. Third, we should listen to God and put our trust in him when our inner world is dark. Two of these three scenarios encourage us to listen to God in situations of adversity, opposition or isolation. You may be tonight in the happy situation of not having to cope with opposition, your life being full of sunshine, surrounded by good friends who are all doing well and who aren't struggling at all. And if things are going fine, then now... Now is definitely the time to learn to listen to God. To develop the discipline of trusting him. So you don't need to do a crash course of waiting on him when someone else is in trouble or you don't know what to say or when other people are piling the pressure on or when the lights go out in your heart. Learn to trust him now. Learn to recognise his voice now. Learn what it means to rely on the God who holds your life in his hands now. Because then when you need him, you'll know that he's there. You'll know where to turn. You'll be the better able to hear his voice. So let's spend a few moments in quiet reflecting on that. Asking God to tune our hearts and minds into what he has to say and enabling us to hear what we need to hear from him tonight.
Lord, in the darkness, would you speak to us? When we face opposition, may we hear your voice strengthening us. When we talk to others, may we pass on what we have heard from you. When you have things to say, may we be people who listen. In Jesus' name. Amen.